and welcome to series four, episode one, Coping with Stress. I think the first thing to realize about stress and epilepsy is the fact that stress is not the same for people without epilepsy. On a regular basis, I have to deal with bad injuries, which leaves my reality a little skewed in comparison to the average person. I remember dropping Oscar, I think it was, to a holiday camp once. He couldn't have been any older than about seven or eight. And I'd had a fit on the way. And I was dropping him off. And there was quite a lot of blood coming from the top of my head. And Oscar didn't say anything at all. He seemed to think it was the most normal thing in the world. So I signed him in and the girl on the other side looked at me in absolute horror and said that there's something on your face. There's quite a lot of blood. There's, are you aware of the fact that there's quite a lot of blood? And I was, and I just remember sitting there or standing there and saying, oh yeah, it's, it's fine. It'll stop by itself. It's fine. 27 stitches. So I did go in the end, literally because the guy who ran the club came up to me and said, Fran, you're going to have to go to A&E. That's not going to stop by itself. So I went to A&E and it got stitched back together. 27 stitches. So, <laughs> so my reality is slightly skewed in comparison to the average person. If you regularly have to pick yourself up off the floor and it's not abnormal to end up back in A&E and 27 stitches to your head or a broken ankle or a broken finger or etc etc then of course your reality is not quite the same as the average person. In the last few months alone I have crushed my windpipe, broken two ribs and given my head quite a few considerable knocks. But that's not as irritating as the fact that at the moment I can't travel abroad because I have a deep vein thrombosis in my leg and need to stay close to a hospital as I am currently having a blood test done at 8 o'clock every morning in order to get the results by the end of the day so they can tell me the dosage of warfarin. And then I also take 120 milligrams of Clexane, which is an injection which goes into the stomach. Years ago, getting insurance if you had epilepsy was a nightmare. Now I have to declare these DVTs and my insurance will be increased substantially for the next two years just because I've had treatment for DVT, which is, of course, very, very annoying. Work and epilepsy has always been a stressful situation and something that I can only describe as tap dancing uh, or toing and throwing. First of all, you have to let the job know that you have epilepsy. Then you have to hope that they're not going to freak out, that you've told them you have epilepsy. And then you have to pretend to everyone that you can do the job as well or most likely better than everyone else. 
than someone who falls on the floor on a regular basis. So this added stress invariably results in you having more stress and more fits and falling on the floor more often. Then you don't give yourself any time to recover and you eventually burn out and end up at A&E and in front of a doctor who asks you, do you have any idea why you have got pneumonia and a cluster of fits? Is it normal for you to have seven in one night? To which your husband answers honestly, yes, and then looks at you. And your answer is also very honestly, I have no idea what you're talking about. Then Tim shoots me a glance and says, Fran, if you don't tell them the truth, I will, but it's better if it came from you. To which I look like a petulant five-year-old, then stare really reluctantly at the floor and mumble something along the lines of blah, 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 and the doctor says, I'm sorry, say what? And I say, it may have something to do with the fact that I worked too many hours and I was overdoing it and then I didn't let my body recover and I carried on working. But, but that's just a guess. I possibly, if I had to... <sighs> Unsurprisingly, when it comes to renewing your contract... The contract is not renewed because you've spent much of the last six weeks in voice therapy because the last fit you had took out your voice box when you garroted yourself on a clothesline. Yes, a clothesline. And now the loudest you can speak is a volume which can't even be heard by mice. Not very useful if you're a teacher in an inner city school. So again, do I judge the school for not renewing my contract? No, not at all. They need to have a teacher who is there. And I should have probably said at the very beginning that I couldn't work more than three days a week rather than five days, because Tim is absolutely right. Working five days a week just doesn't work for me. There are other stresses which come into play if you have epilepsy. Other stresses which the average person doesn't think of. Cooking. How can cooking be so stressful? I'm not allowed to cook by myself in the kitchen. This might sound a little bit odd, but if you heard about the number of seizures I had in the kitchen, then you would understand. Over the last couple of years, I have taken out my ankle twice. I have concussed myself more times than I can count. I have broken the oven. Yes, the oven, my finger, my ribs um, and various other parts of myself from falling down the few stairs going into the kitchen. Which brings me to having a wash at the end of the day 
Having a wash is, for most people, a very relaxing experience. You run the bath, you get into the bath, it's relaxing, it's a chilling experience. Not so much. It's one of the most dangerous areas in the house for me. It's the space where I usually fall off the toilet onto the side of the bath and take out at least two of my ribs. So in this house, we have taken off the lock on the bathroom. Don't even bother looking for it. There is no lock on the bathroom. And I haven't had a bath in nearly three years, but there is a hose in the bath and I can get in and out of the bathroom, which includes moisturization, I might add, in under five minutes. Not bad at all. These stresses don't even include things like open day, which is what I have to do tonight. I have been worried about open day for about the last, well, since I heard about it about three weeks ago. I'm not so much worried about myself. I'm worried about upsetting Oscar when I go to open day. The last thing I want to do is embarrass my 16-year-old by having a fit in front of all of his friends on open day. But equally, I want to see the school that he's most likely to attend. So what to do? I already don't attend most social engagements. So I don't go to weddings. I don't go to most dinner parties. I don't go to all of those kind of things, not because I'm being rude, but because I don't want the whole evening to stop in order for my badly timed seizure. Most people are absolutely fantastic, but there's always going to be some people who aren't. To be honest, I'm not so much worried about me and Tim. We're grown-ups, we can deal with it. I'm more worried about how it affects Oscar and Kurt. The whole point of this podcast was for you as somebody with epilepsy to see that all people with epilepsy have their own stresses. You are not going through this alone. We are all going through different stresses and we all have different ways of coping with stress. And more importantly, give yourself a break. So if you want to kick and scream one day, that's absolutely fine. Just kick and scream one day and by tomorrow, everything will be better. In the meantime, stay safe and I will see you next week. Take care. Bye. Mm -hmm.